This is TB8 My Dinner, a podcast about entertainment issues brought to you by DarkCrazy.com. All right. What can I do for you, miss? Is this your first time? Okay. So I imagine you have no idea what to expect. Not really. Don't worry. I'm not going to bite you. Just lie down. Put your feet right in here. Okay. Are you sexually active? No. I just want to be checked out. there might be something weird going on inside. What? What's... What did you put in here? You're listening to TV 8 My Dinner. My name is Sean, and I'm sitting here with Brooks and Greg. Lord, Lord, oh Lord, people, tonight is the show. You might I know. I am already, we haven't even started the show yet, and I am already mortified. <laughs> you yeah, might want to I want to say also. Hide I, your children. Yeah, really, this is not, if you're listening at work, might maybe not. Yeah, throw some headphones on, would, you know what I'm saying? I would like to apologize in advance. This is my topic. I'm not going to say it isn't. But I think it's something we need to talk about, America. Apparently something that's been on Sean's mind for quite a while. Yeah. Hmm. <laughs> yeah, something that's been troubling my thoughts. I think you guys are going to get on board with me on this when, when I go through the points. I don't think so. I think you guys... Well, this will be a challenge for you. See if you can get not only us, but the audience on board with this theory of yours. Uh, go ahead. Give us the this theory the, so that uh, people will know what we're talking about. We're, uh, we're going to talk a little bit about what I would like to call junk exploitation. Every, every generation seems to develop its own exploitation films. We had black exploitation. We had really rape exploitation back in the 70s also, which is, I think, what this is an offshoot of, where I think something starts to sort of peek into the cinematic light. <laughs> yeah. uh, the visual just came to me as I was, I was about to say, no it. pun intended. It's peeking <laughs> into the cinematic light, and people don't know how to deal with it because it's not something you, you want to be looking at. So, exploitation films is where it all comes out, and I think there are a lot of there are a lot of films in cinema history that have built up to what I now call junk exploitation, which is a lot of movies have done it in the past, but I think the the Wang has had a long, strange history. <laughs> that's that's a catchphrase. Maybe right you there. should actually give a definitive expo- explanation of what junk exploitation is. Oh yeah, this is just in case be, you didn't hadn't figured it out already. We're talking, yeah, this is, we're talking wieners. We're talking, you know what I mean? Stuff, guys, junk package, twig and berry, man the Austin, meat, the Austin meat powers. sword, yeah, the peel, the peeled banana. You know what I'm saying? Banana. And you have a feeling that it's been creeping into movies in a subtle and disturbing way. I think that that. The, the zeitgeist right now is starting to accept the idea of the wiener on camera. Sean is saying that it's on the rise. <laughs> yeah, oh, exactly. Lord. Wangs are on the rise <laughs> in film today. And I want to talk about that. I don't want to get, I guess, we, they got some, a uh, couple of other talking points before we get it too deep. Yeah, we it. want to give people a minute to adjust to this idea before we launch into yeah. it. That's, I, yeah, we're going to let that's that heavy stuff. Heavy stuff. 
Folks, I just wanted to say I wanted to talk about time travel movies tonight, but, you know. that's We should do that next week. That is funny because we couldn't remember what topic we were talking about last week, or I couldn't, so I so came all up three, with this. All, all three of you listeners who are going to come back next week, <laughs> yeah. time travel movies. It's back to normal <laughs> next week, I swear. This isn't going to be the way it is from now on. But I really think there's some stuff to talk about here besides just me saying euphemisms for wiener and giggling. There'll be a little bit of that, too. All right, Sean. Well, this is your show, so let's hit it. Well, before we get into that, I I was watching because I don't care about football. I'm sorry. Blasphemy. I was watching, or I don't care about the teams that were in it. I wasn't watching the Super Bowl this weekend, not because I don't care at all, but because I don't because I don't, I don't care at all. Follow those teams. <laughs> well, I don't follow them. I don't care. Like it, there are some times where I like to watch the Super Bowl if you got a bunch of people together, and then it's just a big event. But if I don't care about the teams, then I don't much care. I was working on my house this weekend, so I had the 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 Sci-Fi Channel Star Trek Enterprise marathon on. Yeah, I watched while that the while the rest of the world's watching the Super Bowl. So I'm a nerd. Yeah, but <laughs> but it, something did strike me while I was watching these selected episodes of Enterprise that every now and then they did all right. Like if you just do a marathon of that show, they had some good episodes. So what happened? Like, they had a lot of neat ideas. Okay, this is the one with Bacula, right? That takes place, I guess, Yeah. the original. Yeah. One thing we've covered this before is, like, you know, they they started out with a good idea. They, you know, that the uh, the birth of the Federation. I mean, I, that's, that's an interesting idea to play with. But I think because the public was so saturated with Star Trek by that point, that their ratings were slipping just because people saw it as well yet another Star Trek show. What's sad to me about this, though, is it seems like some of these better episodes happened later in the series. Like the ones I was watching is where they were wrapping up these sort of hastily thrown together storylines, but in wrapping them up, did a pretty good job with them. You know, Manny Cotto came in near the end, I think, or at least about halfway through, and he's the one that seemed like when they were doing a cool episode, he was the one that was writing it. Well, the, uh, the fourth season actually did pick up. Except for the last episode. The last episode sucked. I mean, yeah, I haven't sucked. seen that. Um, how many? But it how looked, many it there were four stupid. seasons. I didn't realize that it was on that long. Mm-hmm. Well, you can even if it's not good, you can ring the Star Trek rag for four seasons. I'm surprised they didn't go for five anyway. I mean, good lord, how long was Voyager on? That show was never good. Well, they probably would have, but there were a lot of changes going on at UPN. I think it just. You know, it didn't fit in with their programming model and all that. But yeah, I mean, I, I you know, I have to tell people to to watch the show. I mean, even the bad episodes were not necessarily horrible. It, it they, made me want to go back and rewatch some of it, seeing these decent episodes, because I'm like, well, if there's a gym every now and then, I've seen a lot of shows that aren't any good at all. Because I've been, you know, I've been bashing the show pretty bad, and there are a lot of really stupid elements of it. But well, the the worst episodes were when they were trying when they would try to retread Next Generation. Type thing, so they bring in the Ferengi and the Borg yeah. and all that kind of stuff. They had the Borg episodes in it? Where, where they were paying homage to the original series. Like I was watching this episode where it was like a mirror universe thing, and they capture a ship from the time period of like Kirk and all that, and they have yeah. like all the sets and the costumes and stuff from the original show. That was neat. Yeah, that, that's a good episode. And then, as I recall, the, I think there was more than one episode where they went to the mirror universe. Well, that one and then, was neat because nobody went there. It was just about the, them in the mirror universe, which I also yeah. thought was cool. It wasn't a crossover kind of deal. There's another good one where they run into the Romulans for the first time. And uh, 
you know, you really don't see the Romulans because because and I was proud of them for that that you didn't actually see the Rom- Romulans. You saw the ships, but you didn't see the Romulans because uh, right because they don't it, see the Romulans for the first time in the until the original series. That's right. First well, they don't actually lay eyes on a on a Romulan person. Yeah, they don't right. know the history of the Romulans and the Vulcans. Mm-hmm. So that's just kind of neat. I kind of it makes me kind of think that if you want to really analyze. A, a spinoff or, or storytelling in that respect you should look at a show like that because it's so weird how it's a combination of, of elements where they did some things right and they did some things terribly wrong and maybe there's something that can be learned there when you're trying to build a franchise because I don't know it seems like they had some people there that were good at what they did and maybe I, well I think certainly the people who were actually in charge didn't know what they were doing well I think they were just so played out of ideas they did they you know, by the by the time they got the Enterprise, I mean they were they were they were suffering at the end of Next Generation, and then I know you that's know, when <laughs> you think about it, that's the truth. Like they were out of ideas by the end of that show, and then they did they didn't do Deep Space Nine. It was a different creative team. That's probably what they should have done with Enterprise, also. Well, I think that's what they're trying to do now with uh, you know with this new incarnation of Star Trek is that's what Paramount has done. <laughs> Yeah. It's like okay, it's time. It's time to give this property to the professionals. Let's get yeah. some people who actually make movies for a living to make a Star Trek movie instead of well, some people who made a show twenty years ago making a movie. I really, that? I really wish that that they had made that they had done, made that decision by the before they did the final episode of Enterprise because the last episode of Enterprise, in my opinion, is probably just about one of the worst episodes of any show i have ever seen <laughs> what what happens you know what? i've we, never we even could seen probably it do we could do a last episode show because this is and the enterprise probably comes close to taking the cake but almost always the last episode of a show is lame that would be a good episode for us to do we should do that as our last episode <laughs> that'll be our last episode <laughs> but in the meantime let's talk about junk yeah exactly <laughs> this might be our last episode what happens in Enterprise in the last episode? Okay, because I've never, you know, I've only seen like one episode of Enterprise. I really don't know much about it. Well, they they make another pathetic attempt to tie it in with the Next Generation, and it is awful. They pick an episode from the Next Generation. There's one called, I think it's called Pegasus. It revolves around a captain who used to be Riker's uh, captain before he went to the Enterprise. Okay, they were doing this secret experiment where they were trying to build a cloaking device like the Romulans and I thought the Klingons had cloaking devices Klingons and Romulans have oh, everyone devices. except for the Federation now why doesn't the Federation have a, a cloaking there's device there's some weird accord where the Federation isn't allowed to develop cloaking device technology that's like one of the things going on in this episode oh okay was right. by some right. crap treaty we'd, we'd agreed the Federation not we <laughs> Federation isn't real <laughs> yeah. Federation nerd alert <laughs> the Federation had agreed shut up not to yeah still we because it's Earth but the, the Federation had agreed not to develop the technology as, as the condition of some treaty, and that's what that was the source of contention because we're the only ones who don't have it. Right. All right. Okay. I get. But you. anyway, the the experiment goes horribly awry, as often happens in Star Trek, and uh, it's kind of sure. one of those things. You, you've heard the story of the ship that, that apparently, like in World War II, the they Philadelphia sort experiment. Of, Philadelphia experiment. Exactly. Yeah. 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 It's kind of the same thing. So, but except that was real. Yeah, that so, happened, sort of. But anyway, they they covered it up. You know, the government covered it up. I and, thought the uh, Federation never did anything wrong. I thought the Federation was like the 
the paramount of, of goodness that people hold up and say, this is what mankind should be. Well, you're talking about morally wrong. For having to done that. I'm just saying, whenever you talk to a big Star Trek fan, you know, a Trekkie or a Trekker or whatever, they're always like, you know, look at the Federation. This is the future. This is the utopian future that we should have. And Well, that's fine. And yet, in the show itself, seems to dispute that all the time. Like, oh, Federation's full of crazy people. Well, you know, if there were one episode of Star Trek, you could sell that. But, I mean, it'd be the same episode over and over and over again if they never misstep at all. That was sort of the problem that they always used to have with Gene Roddenberry when he was alive. Was that w- he sort of did want to maintain that okay. that idealistic so maybe vision the of the future? That are saying this, not the people yeah, that actually. And and I admire that, but at the same time, you're trying to write a show. It's almost impossible to write a story that has no real conflict. Okay. And if the people aren't aren't fallible, then there's no real conflict. All right. All right. My bad. Well, back to what you were saying. So they they develop a cloaking thing that does not work. Right. And what does this have to do with Riker's ex-captain? Yeah. Well, they, well, they cover it up, but Riker really knows what's going on. And he's, he's in a quandary about whether or not he should tell the captain. Well, okay, so here's where Enterprise comes in. So Yeah, and then Riker, in order to solve this quandary, goes in to the holodeck and does like nine years of research on the first <laughs> Enterprise. Why on the first? Oh, what? Essentially, yeah, it essentially makes it to where the entire show is one long holodeck adventure. <laughs> oh, so none of it is real at all? It's all just Riker. Well, it's real. Pretending? I mean, it's hist- it's it's historical, but it's but but apparently the whole episode the whole series is supposed to be told from the the viewpoint of Riker in a holodeck. And so now that they they start, you know, inserting Riker into various places into the ship like a security guy it turns out to be Riker, Riker's just standing there, you know, while this conversation between the main characters are going on and and everything and and what's it, it's it's so goofy because Jonathan Frakes has put on about 30 pounds. Yeah, it looks older. Yeah, looking at the original episode and <laughs> <laughs> and Troy is in it, and Troy looks older, and it just you know it, it just it just doesn't fit at all. But this is all in the holodeck. Well, it's, so why it's all in the holodeck? But if, you know, it actually happened in history. That's why that's why Riker is there is, is studying it. I guess I don't understand the concept of how holodecks work. Then I'm 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 just confused about the dynamic of this. Like there is a historical story. He's reenacting it in the holodeck. Right. And inserting himself into it, yes, just so that he can learn what exactly. What what is he trying to learn? Whether or not to tell Picard about the cloaking device. Yeah, that to, like to help him solve a moral dilemma that he's having. So he spends four years in the holodeck. The whole like storyline is so he can years. figure out if he should tell Picard something or not. Yeah, does he ever tell Picard in the actual episode? Yes, he does. So that is the lesson that he learns in this entire after, thing. Is after that he doing should... all this research, watching you know. I'm, after, I, after essentially I watching was, television for four years, decides <laughs> to do the right thing. Not for four years, though. I mean, it's you know, it's it's essentially he's following all the all the I guess the major adventures of the inner original. So Empire. really, it's just an hour at a time, just like the show itself. He's I, I guess, <laughs> however I many hours that is. It's still I a lot of so. a I mean, long I guess, time. I mean, I guess that's how it worked. Was was he was he actually? Living each episode, or was he just living that one episode? It seems like well, I don't know. I thought now I didn't see the last episode, but I thought what in the running gag of the show that you never saw a chef or whatever, and then he turns out to be chef. And isn't yeah. that suggesting? Isn't that supposed to suggest to us that every time they mentioned this unseen character, it was actually Riker uh, that's what to I be took, the cook? The whole that's what time. I took it to understand. Yeah. Well, was there to his, add uh, another layer of lame to it? 
Man, I'm just confused <laughs> left and right now. Yeah, really. Was there an actual chef, or is this something that the holodeck just made up for this particular experience? Is it historically, well, who knows? I guess I mean, someone probably did cook the food. I mean, I can kind of see as someone who's not seen the show that it sounds like they're trying to do something clever there. They're trying to pull like a new heart or something where it's yeah, uh, but that new heart was clever. Yeah, I'm just saying I can see what they're going for, but I guess it didn't work because you guys don't think it's good. So it was lame. It sucks. Well, it doesn't sound. I didn't see the episode, but I'm just saying it sounds like it doesn't make any sense. It was lame. I it am sucks. confused by it. Just, <laughs> I just will being say that. devil's advocate here, guys. It, it doesn't lame. really make <laughs> sense. It was like, wor- It was the worst thing be, ever. That should be a good litmus test when you bounce it off of someone and they're going and they just go, "Why?" We'll just wrap this up with this final this final observation from me, and then we'll talk about jump. <laughs> All right, this one this one thing. That I, I'd never watched the show. I'd seen like one episode, but then I saw a commercial for it. This is when it was still coming on. And it's like this week, and I can't remember her name, the Vulcan girl goes into heat. And it shows her like, you know, pinning some guy against the wall. And I'm like, oh my God, I was embarrassed for just having seen that, the commercial. That's I was the embarrassed. stuff that is unforgivable on the show because it's even worse and even more sexist than the original Star Trek. Because the Star Trek was made in the 60s. So when they're a little sexist, you're like, well. People didn't know better. But now it's like the 21st century, and they're like, Lieutenant Vorva needs a man. <laughs> like, oh, Lord. Oh, it's, it's embarrassing. Like I mean, that's just It's nerd. like slaves of heaven. They're like supposed <laughs> really to be progressive, is. but they're like, she has much milk in her. <laughs> oh, that was embarrassing. Well, that's one thing they figured out with Voyager was, you know, if you put up, you know, scantily clad girl in the, in the show, the ratings spike. Oh, and, uh, how hey, sad is that? I'm all, f- I'm all for that if that's what the show is. Don't come back around and act like you're all sophisticated. Like, don't come back around and act like, oh, yeah, this is, we're really laying the the blueprint of the future in this show. It's like, really? It's not looking <laughs> too good for the chicks. Yeah. Not so, like, wow. Do so we have to wear never, a skin-tight Lycra? In the future, we'll never have pants that fit. Okay, great. Guys will all wear, like, nice, nice, comfortable jumpers. <laughs> jumpers? We'll, we'll all be running around in, uh. In spandex. I saw the teaser trailer and I thought it was good for the new movie. Well, it just shows the ship. So, well, yeah, but I mean, that's all you need if you're trying as a teaser. I guess, man, but I could have made that. You know, any guy with like 3D Max could have made that trailer. So I was like, I was hoping to see something more than just a... I wish they would have shown the ship. Yeah. I, I think that's the very least you can show people. Oh, I also saw a thing. You know, that Knight Rider show is coming fast. I already saw... A, an yeah, there's some, there's some previews out. For that Knight Rider thing yeah. too, I think it's going to be all right. I'm looking forward to it. I'm really hoping this that, that it's going to be you know a, akin to the original. Like that. I'm looking for something that's not gritty and, and depressing. Yeah, something you fun. Know, a, Knight, a good old Knight Rider guy in his car can't go wrong. Yeah. Car yeah. talks, awesome. That's all I want to hear. I'm on board. Like, back Let's to the roll. '80s boys. Let's roll. <laughs> My Trans Am. It talks. Awesome. Check it out. I hope it has a cool theme song. My man. I hope he calls everybody my man. I also think that's cool when people do that. What's up, my dog? Chisel. All right. What's with the hassle, my man? Talking about man, let's go ahead and get this out of the way. I feel like I'm in a waiting room at the doctor's office and they're going to give me a tetanus (laughs) shot or something. Like, just get it over with. Let's go. All right. (laughs) Well, let let me say one more thing about Enterprise. I'm watching an episode right now. And it's, I don't know what it is. It seems like every time that the Vulcan is inflicted with some sort of disease, all she wants to do is mate. Well, what else are you going to do with a hot girl? 
<laughs> Have her solve math problems? Jeez, Greg. I know. That's not what she's there for. <laughs> it would almost Logic be like, my you know, rear. Let's, let's, let's inject her with some kind of, you know, like Yeah, let's inject her. That's right. Yeah, exactly. Because the getting... fans want to do a little injecting when they see her. That's the thing. Yeah, I guess. Here's what happens, though. These shows are run by nerds, too. And it really is like if you gave nerds a girl robot like in Weird Science. Yeah. It's like they yeah. get a hold of a girl that looks like Jolene Blaylock, and they're like, we can make her do anything. We can make her shower, <laughs> like, just even... like in Weird Science, yeah. <laughs> yeah <laughs> make her a robot. exactly science. what it is. Right off camera, they're standing there in their gym shorts, just going, <laughs> It's like, is that cut? Is that a cut? Is that good? Brandon, am I done? Is that, Are we good? <laughs> I think we need one more take. Ooh. <laughs> Lord. You guys, is, you guys don't make that noise. This is like the rated R episode, man. This, <laughs> this is the episode the worst, that's making this me is uncomfortable. Our worst episode ever. Maybe we should just do this as a Star Trek episode. Let's not talk about junk. Yeah, I see you guys are trying to steer away from. That's what's I happening. I think we here. should just talk about Star Trek only tonight. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're trying to save but John think, from himself tonight. And, uh, <laughs> I know we have we have exhausted literally though we've exhausted the Star Trek topic because we already we've already talked about some things that we've mentioned before. Uh, I'd rather talk about like people getting castrated in movies than have one more show where we talk about what we hate. Okay, okay. Well, let's let's go on to the junk. We, well, we this down I too. hate castration in movies. So <laughs> does that count? <laughs> well, I think I've only seen a couple of movies where castration was actually depicted. Well, I will say I will say that when this topic occurred to me because recently I've seen a couple of movies that I'm like, you know, man, this is getting more graphic. And then when I sat down to make a list, the list was not nearly as long as I thought it was going to be. But it's longer than maybe it, <laughs> it ought to be. There is a theme going on there. Cause I, like, like not I said, as long as you like to admit. Not as, yeah, not as long yeah, as I've, people I've say. I've heard that about Junk and Sean in the same <laughs> sentence. <laughs> really? I've heard that, it, yeah, it's not nearly as long. Oh, yeah, this is terrible. Well, just just hit me with some examples. Well, Tell mean, me what you're talking like, about here. Yeah, <laughs> I was going to say. Try not to giggle the gags. whole time. Well, you, we were talking about diner. Like, there used to be, there, there's, a, there's a long history of, you know, of sort of innocent gags going on with with the Wang in the movies. Like, like diner. Animal house kind did, of am stuff. Am I the only one who remembers this scene? I don't, a honestly. moment where uh, Mickey I've seen diner, with, with, the, I, I, with the popcorn. I don't remember that. Where? Oh my God! This. Well, he he makes a bet with his friends that he can get her to touch. Oh, it and he's got it in his lap and he in the ends theater, up putting it through. Yeah. The pop, all right. Pop, pop, all right. All right. Okay, I got you. That's the way. That's what we used to get. You know, and yeah. you still get that kind of that's, stuff like that's every your, now and then. That's your Porky's kind of humor. Those are your yeah, your your charming moments like Anchorman, where he pops one and he just keeps talking. It's, like, it's the pleat of these pants. <laughs> Don't act like you're not impressed. <laughs> and then Tenacious D, have you seen that movie where yeah, he uses yeah. the power of it to to turn off the lasers? Yeah, it's a little silly. <laughs> well, that's not just silly. That's where I'm starting to see more where the graphic depiction is getting more acceptable because it's like it comes out and yeah it is surprising how the kind of stuff that i would think would have bothered people not long ago i know and now it, it's we're getting more comfortable with this for some reason yeah it's rated r i watched it in a movie i saw that in the theater that, that's not part of the unrated dvd that's in the theater where it you know it popped out had a little head and everything <laughs> you know just wow disturbing 
because it used to be, you know, like good old Jason Biggs, you know, made a made a movie franchise off the single entendre. Like, what if you got caught having sex with stuff? Like, like how many movies? Three movies. What if you got caught? What are you talking about? They're still making those with it in a pillow. No. They're still what making if you got those. Caught with it in a pie. Like every like three movies, and they're still making those direct. They're to still USA making them. Movies. Eugene like Levy though, he's still a whore for that stuff. I know Man, that's just him. building a career God on bless it. Bless him, any work he can get. God bless yeah, him. Yeah, I but love geez. him. I'll, I'll allow it. But I remember there was a scene in one of those scary movies where she's like a girl in a bathroom stall or something, and then a man's part like comes through and oh, yeah. kills her or whatever. And I remember example. seeing that and going, yeah, I cannot it, believe that they showed that because. I guess it's for shock value, but I'm surprised it didn't get like a NC-17 for that. I really am. I'm like, can you show that? These are the indicators of the age of junk exploitation. That shows you <laughs> it's like somehow in the mainstream now, even in, in limited ways, like it used to be the ultimate taboo. And then some, somehow public the public started to turn. And then the anti-phallic movement happened where like bad things started to happen. I'm not going to mention nut shots and stuff like that because God knows. That's we we could be doing the show from here to the rest of our lives. Yeah. If we started talking about every time someone took one to the crotch with a Nerf bat. Well, that's uh, America's funniest home videos right there. Well, yeah, and also that's not even the same thing though, because I mean that's no, just a, because you know, yeah, uh, they, uh, that uh, isn't a direct attack on the man part. You know, that just it is funny because it's like you just hit get hit and then it just boo. Everyone understands. Like we we did a sketch. Instantly. Actually, we did a sketch in our radio comedy show all about that. The best Nad shot sound effect ever. In idiocracy, when everyone has lost all semblance of intelligence in civilization, the the number one show in in the world is called "Out My Balls," and that's all it is over and over <laughs> and over again. Just, I like boom, the boom, name boom. of it. <laughs> you you got to watch it. It's hilarious. That's classy. In Highlander 2, John C. McGinley gets it from Michael Ironside. He just grabs it and squeezes until you just hear pop, pop, pop. <laughs> Gross. Oh, my Lord. Yeah, yeah it's horrible. Remember and in got, Street Fighter, the Sonny Chiba one? You know, that's on my list. Where he rips the guy's yeah. parts off, yeah. <laughs> the, that is hardcore. That is very like, hard, man. And he holds it up in front of the camera. Yeah, that's the part that Just like the, the scene where you rip out the guy's still beating heart, except it's not the heart. It's just like, <laughs> Yeah, and holds it up in front of the camera. <laughs> so, See, that's where, you know, RoboCop, guy gets shot straight in it. Just boom. Because that's where I think, you know, if this is where I think Jumpin' Jack Flash, Whoopi just bites a guy. Just, <laughs> Ew. Well, I mean, if you're yeah. talking about, like, junk injuries, I mean. Well, I mean, I'm, I'm not talking about just playing. Well, th that was, to me, a different level. That was when it started to escalate. It wasn't particularly against the the unit, but it happened down there, and it was real. Like it well, we should probably like, oh, in, got hit in, the in that vein, I guess we should probably mention the the double barrel shotgun shot that Zed gets in Pulp Fiction. We yeah, absolutely. To... And you know what? That falls in this this stage three category too, which is when you know the rape revenge movies started happening, and they were all about you know. Like I spit on your grave. Oh yeah, stuff, yeah. And the girl mm -hmm. comes back, and that's one that happens in that. That's where when they start just castrating them. Boom, boom, and that happens in there. And there's like a whole bunch. Well, that's of movies way back where, in the seventies. So this is something yeah, that's oh. been building for like thirty years. You think, or is this well, a recent trend? I think it's building in the mainstream because you're seeing it more now 
than you would back then. And even back then, it's like, you know, you just see, like, the tub fills with blood, and he's, like, screaming. Yeah, and even then, it was also in a kind of fringe movies. That wasn't... Yeah. That certainly didn't, wasn't how to mainstream movie. did Last House on the Left have a, have a similar moment? I don't remember that at all. It's one of those movies I've seen and do not remember, but I'll buy that. You know, RoboCop shot a guy because he was attacking a woman. Sonny Chiba did that to the guy because he was attacking a woman. It's like suddenly, like, it becomes okay. Like, it becomes the ultimate, like, thing. Sin City. Yeah. Well, I guess the that's... the Zed thing, we'll count that as castration because it's just bam. It's a little bit of a fate worse than death, I think a lot of people consider it to be. You know, just a... And, and I'll, you know, and in that vein, I, I, I guess that is an acceptable junk exploitation in my mind. It's like, you know, when some guy is just so bad that just killing, killing him is not, not enough. enough. <laughs> yeah. It's sort of like in that movie Dead Calm where apparently test audiences weren't happy because he just kind of disappears and they don't know he's dead. They had to do a scene where he comes back and gets shot in the face with a flare gun or something. Like, <laughs> and then the audiences are happy. It's like, good, because that guy was a knob. I don't want to not know that he got his. In exploitation, though, it had, the punishment has to fit the crime. It's not about how killing people. It's about doing bad things with your member. And yeah, that's why the member about, takes yeah. the punishment. You got to yeah. respect the junk. They do that in the James Bond movie. They torture him by messing with his uh, yeah his business. Yes, that was pretty <laughs> bad too, man. That was... And that's and what do we? Because you always see guys get tortured in movies, and you're like, yeah, that guy's tough. But you're like, oh, whoa, no! <laughs> yeah. Like that's like, that that's the level we've got to in movies. It's like this is what it takes to get a rise out of you, America. This is what it takes. Because. <laughs> And that, like and that it, particular scene is probably the closest I've ever seen to an actual cinematic depiction of the sound effect that you guys used to use for your for your show. Uh, yeah. That, <laughs> <laughs> That's a great. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I made that sound effect by combining can, like five different sound effects. One of them literally is a, a nut crunch sound, like a sound effect of a walnut crunching or something. We'll have to make that available on the website on our download. Yeah, I'm sure section. people will love that. Oh. Got, hey, man, you never know. If they've right. already made it through this part of the show, <laughs> that's the worst part. Like, if we'll sit through that, then I guess we're not offended by anything. But that's. But that's what I'm talking about, though. It's like it's gotten worse as far as the depiction of it. Like Sonny Chiba, that was that was pretty ahead of its time. But you want to talk about like like I said, like in Black Sheep, if you watch that. Yeah, one. that's really graphic. When the guy gets it, you because because it's one of those great. It's a great gag because it happens and you're like ooh, and then they cut and it's still going on. You're like oh, <laughs> and then it keeps going. And you're like oh no. Like, like there's two, there's so many levels to it where you're like, you think you're safe. You're like, oh, they're still showing it. Yeah. Oh my yeah. God. But that one didn't bother me the way some of these other movies no, cause do because it's, it's such a fun movie. it was movie. actually comedic in that movie. Yeah. That movie actually, you know, made it for like for slapstick sake and it worked. But in Hostel 2, man, in Hostel 2, she's just got it holding it in garden shears or whatever and they're not cutting away at all. Ooh, really? Yeah. Oh yeah. Hostel 2, man. That that's the one that really got me thinking. This junk exploitation thing is is go, is happening. Yeah. And I I don't know if you've seen a movie called Hard Candy. No. No. I don't think this so. is a good movie. This isn't a silly movie no. at all, and it's not really junk exploitation because 
it's really well done as far as how real they try to make it. But the whole thing is where she catches like a sexual predator and she keeps, she has him drugged and she's telling him the whole time that she's going to like, like surgically castrate him. Hmm. And it's pretty graphic. Yikes. <laughs> but it's You're not really like, selling the movie here. I think I'm going to go check that out. Well, it's one of those movies that's extremely good as far as how well done it is, but, but it's not like, you know, a laugh a minute kind of thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sounds like it. I'm going to chemically. Well, unless you find that kind of thing funny. Hey, man, yeah, if that's your bag. But that movie's really good because it's the kind of thing where, you know, in all these other movies, you're like, yeah, they've got this coming. But in that movie, you actually start like, no, no, I hope they don't. I can't (laughs) remember if in, uh, what's that movie where the, the Japanese movie where she tortures the guy? Audition. Audition. Does she mess with his business? I don't think she does. You know what the great torture movies of all, like, you know the stories like I remember reading Misery the Stephen King book yeah and she cuts his foot off in that not in the movie the movie the movie ruins it but in the book it's the foot comes off and that's awful Hmm. and in uh, Audition is the same way she cuts his foot off and because that's all it takes like you may be sensitive in the the sense of watching a movie that of course you know castration is, is something you'd be like that'd be terrible but if someone cuts your foot off that'd be that'd be terrible yeah, and saw the guy <laughs> cuts his own foot off. Like whatever. Yeah, that's a like much. whatever. That 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 is such a complete detachment from reality that you know they're just showing gore. He wasn't no even reason. starving or anything at that point. You know. No, they were like, you I, cut it, your it foot off, or, or weeks for me to kill your family or something. Like, no, yeah. it wouldn't happen. I mean, a human being is incapable of that. <laughs> I'll tell you right now. He'd maybe get a couple <laughs> slices in and go. You know what? I can't do this. <laughs> this hurts too bad. <laughs> It's it's too hard. Like yeah. sawing a foot off is hard work. You wouldn't be able to maintain that with the with you wouldn't have the mental discipline. With the blood loss that. and the pain, yeah. Yeah, and the pain and the, and the psychological aspect. This is where aspect. we're going to get the emails impossible. going. That's full of crap. I've cut my own foot off. I'll show you. Yeah. Well, I was about to say that there I has been instances that I know of that where people not not a foot. I do I do remember like one kid had to cut his own arm off to get out of something. Where well, on earth are you hearing that, these that things, got man? His hand stuck in a mountain or something. <laughs> yeah, that's the one actually. Yeah, you know, out in Utah or something. He's out there for like five yeah, days. Yeah, but it, as I recall, isn't that one of those situations where you're so high up? I mean, it's numb at that point anyway. Hmm. This isn't. It wouldn't be the same. Well, I think that's what it was. It's like you know, your he, ankle. Been there five. He was already so delirious, probably. That he just. You know. I'll tell you right now. I I couldn't do any of that stuff. The worst thing that happens to people in movies that I see happens to feet. Because I can't, I can't. It's not that that castration is is not on high on my list of things that would be awful. I just can't imagine it. But I can imagine bad things happening to your feet and your ankles. You know, getting injured. Like you've had something, you know, an injury to your foot that made you think, "Good Lord!" You know, if someone broke your ankle, that would that would be horrible. Yeah. It's sort of like somebody saying, you can't conceptualize a million people dying. You can conceptualize a hundred people dying. Because it becomes so global that, that you can't you can't reference it to something you understand. And that's what I think junk exploitation is doing, you know. They're they're gra- they're making it more graphic, but they're not making so, it more real. With junk exploitation, I'm I'm just trying to get this straight in my head. Is this is this a torture related thing? Like we have with all the uh Saw movies and and uh, hostile and stuff like that, or is this? Are you just talking about just showing the junk? In well, I think showing terms? the junk is part of it. I think being able to show it 
on is showing how we're becoming the pop culture is becoming more it's less of a taboo to show it at all but in but the way that we're showing it like you're not seeing that many more like male nude scenes that are for entertainment but you do see a lot of nude scenes that are there to just give it to the junk i think that it'd be difficult to sell uh like Every now and then they'll do a romantic kind of serious drama movie where they'll show the guy naked. Like, what's the one that had Harvey Keitel naked in it or whatever? The piano. I'd, I have a hard time imagining them being able to sell that to the average movie-going guy. Like, he hears some guy's full frontal naked in a movie. He's like, I don't want to go see that, you know? Then yeah, that's, but he doesn't so mind the only going reason, and seeing Well, that's what I'm saying. If you, if you Let add me say some, this, though. You won't, you won't be able to sell that to the average woman. Probably women, not. Women I'm don't just saying particularly find the male package well, attractive. Let's, let's uh, not get into all that. I'm but. just saying that the average guy would be uncomfortable with that, and and women too, possibly. But but I think if you add a little a little bit of an element of violence or something like that to it, you could probably talk more guys into it because they'll be able to put aside their feelings of discomfort with you know seeing that I sort think of it's, thing. And it's, like, a, it's just the train wreck thing. I think it's one of those things because you're like. Because you do, like, oh, I can't believe I showed that, but then you look, you know? But what I think is weird about it, as opposed to, like, the whole torture thing that's gotten so popular, is this is the one where it's almost always, like, the bad guy that gets it. Like, and, and I think that's what I find telling. It's it's the answer to the, the rape exploitation, the answer to the rape revenge. It's it's where we come back and the, killing the bad guy is not enough. It, like, I don't know. I'm, it's a message... That I haven't quite deciphered yet, but I'm I'm what I'm seeing so far, I'm not liking. I'm I'm seeing that the junk can come into movies if it's if it's to get cut off, and that's okay. That's well, the entrance into the so, mainstream. So, but you are but, totally you know, against just but, the appearance of the junk. Well, I'm not for or against it. I'm not I'm not into it at all. <laughs> yeah. Here's what I'll say. I think yeah, that I I tuck it even when I'm in the bathroom. I don't I don't need to see that. I'll, I I think that the the reason that it makes more prominent appearance in torture or violence movies is is that's where the fringe is. That's where things will get introduced that are not quite comfortable enough for mainstream. In the old days, in the '60s and '70s, that's the only place you'd see female nudity. You know, outside of like a porn, you would see it in a horror movie, and that's where people would go if they wanted to see that kind of stuff. And then it would bleed into action movies like the Lethal Weapons and stuff. And then it became okay. You know, for a mainstream big budget movie to show something like that. But it wasn't surely in the 60s. It wasn't okay. It became okay gradually and it got introduced through these kind of uh, fringy kind of movies. And that's perhaps what the male parts are doing now. They're just 20 years behind the female parts. So I'm still not liking what I'm seeing here then. (laughs) Because if that's (laughs) true and that does make sense, if if horror movies are sort of the keystone genre of cinema, which I'm willing to believe because I think you're right, like you see these things more in horror first before they become more prevalent like blood and guts are pretty are pretty common in action movies now but they were all horror like action movies didn't show blood and that kind of thing and now they do they're just everybody says that that new rambo movie is just gory as hell oh really it, it you know and that's conventional action if that's true that means what we're going to see in the next 10 years or so is the mainstream embrace of the male junk <laughs> Well, maybe. <laughs> if, is that if, what if we're piling it into? You know, this Just a lot of selling. swing and wang, a lot of cod piece going on. I don't know, man. I guess on. there's a market for everything. I got a movie, and this is the one that. 
I'm upset that you don't see more uh, you don't see more female stuff than you used to. It seems like there, there's a big block on that now. You hardly ever see, and I'm not trying to sound like a perv or something, but you know, you really don't see a lot of that now. In the old days when we were kids, every horror movie had a every action movie too had a scene with some kind of you know undressed girl. And I'm starting to you think don't that see this it. is starting to worry me because I think that there's a sort of homogenization going on there because what you do see is you see almost every mainstream actress is willing to get slightly naked where you didn't have that before. You They're all doing underwear shoots and stuff like that, posing in Maxim, where they're completely naked but they're just cupping their hands over their parts. But it seems like it's coming to the point where these actresses have to be sexualized to some degree all the time. Well, the younger but ones. But you don't get as yeah. many actresses that are like actually just getting naked in movies. Like it used to be a dividing line. You'd have like the nice actresses and then you have the ones who were just there to get naked yeah, in the movie. Then you had the Sharon Stones and stuff, yeah. It was easier to keep track of things back then. Now these mouseketeers are always melting down publicly. <laughs> and you don't know what to believe in They're anymore. Naked on demand. Yeah, exactly. I don't know. I just think if that's true and exploitation films are there to sort of usher in a, a more mainstream acceptance of certain things, be it sexuality or violence or whatever, then I don't know. I wonder how Europeans deal with that. Yeah, that, I wonder that too. Like, what are they thinking? Because they're like, these Americans are just so repressed. Do they look at American films like we look at those ja- those Japanese animated movies? <laughs> We're like, whoa, where the thing comes out and turns into a giant penis and then it's a, like a monster testicle, t- tentacle, whatever, <laughs> or whatever. Well, it makes you know makes me wonder, like, whether or not they even think of what we would consider to be a, an exploitation movie to be one. Because, you know, apparently, I mean, from what I understand, Europeans are not that uptight about nudity. About and that, so they're more, they're more uptight about violence than they are about nudity. Sick sick horrible people yeah though. how stupid Whatever. is that right <laughs> that's just messed up man yeah, no. <laughs> sounds to me like they hate freedom well it is funny to me one thing about hostile too because i thought you know when the, they were making one about girls and i thought well this is just gonna be nothing but just depravity and not that it wasn't but it wasn't it, it seemed like they tried so hard to just steer completely away from any kind of like sexuality in the movie because they were so afraid of mixing sex and violence where they didn't have a problem with that in the first one because it wasn't you know the heroes would go off and they'd get laid and then the hero guys would run off somewhere else and get killed but never all in the same package but if you bring in women you can't have them going off and getting laid and going off and getting killed because then you know that's wrong how's that wrong so they bring in all these hot girls and you know there's not really anything sexual going on in the movie at all because you can tell they're just scared. And then at the very end, you know, when the guy gets out of line, she gets the upper hand on him and gets him in the garden cheers. And you know how that plays out. Yeah, I can imagine. Who, has, who hasn't seen that happen, you know? Yeah, I saw that on my way home. Yeah. So so what's the conclusion? What what conclusion are we drawing here that just said it's uh, headed down a path of of more exposure I think in the Sean future. Want to talk about junk? For do you an think hour. that people? Do you think people subconsciously the zeitgeist is trying to 
trying to air out what people are actually wanting to see, but they're afraid to admit it. So they go to the movies so they can discuss with each other. Man, did you see that part? Yeah, this is how we can talk about our private parts without feeling weird think, about it. I think there's a lot of truth to that. Like horror and exploitation films are there to sort of bring forward the things that we hold as taboo for better or for worse. And that's what I'm saying is, like, to me, I don't, I don't really have a conclusion on this. I'm just starting to see a pattern. And I'm like, hmm, maybe this is something. I don't want to say that maybe this is something we should look at. Maybe we should look at this Wang more closely. <laughs> One frame at a time. We should keep an eye on all these Wiener movies. Crap, crap, crap. Sean's two favorite things, Star Trek and junk. That's what he wants to talk about. <laughs> Really? When are they going to make Star Junk? Well, if you want to mix those two subjects, I was never comfortable with those One Piece leotard things. They they always seemed a little a little bulgy in places. You know what they I mean? They rode up. They rode up more than was necessary. Yeah, it, they were a little tighter than seemed comfortable. I don't think <laughs> really? I'd wear clothes like that. If that's like what that. the future holds. So I don't know. I'm always glad to bring it back to the uh, Star Trek leotard. Unitard, I guess, would be the proper word for it. <laughs> the unitard. I do have it's, one last there, there's thing. There's definitely to some tard in there. Go ahead. In the uh, for the whole the whole junk exploitation thing, there's a movie coming out that I think may bring this thing home for all of us. And this is uh, my friend Tracy mentioned this to me the other day at, at, for the first time to me, and mm-hmm. it's called Teeth. And this movie Teeth. apparently has made the rounds at Sundance. I don't like where this is going. Vagina dentate. If I'm pronouncing that correctly. Dent means teeth. Yes, sir. There is something inside of me that's lethal. Dentata. What? It's Latin for teeth. It's what's inside me. Are you afraid? This is too weird. Just wait. That could be the the Citizen Kane of all junk exploitation movies. Right and this then. is like a what kind of genre is this movie? Is this a horror? It's movie? sort of a horror flick, but from what I hear, it is sort of a black comedy sort of deal. Yeah, it sounds like it. But apparently, this thing is in some release right now. It's not in my town. <laughs> I'm thinking I'm gonna have to see this. It on sounds DVD. interesting. We're gonna watch that this weekend at church. <laughs> But enough junk talk. It's time for this month's Johnny Drama. Johnny Drama, Eddie Burns. Congratulations, Johnny. Johnny drama, Johnny Burns. I have drama. You guys there is the man. There is the legend. But only one who walks a certain career path has earned the right to become known as a real life Johnny Drama. Thank you, God. Victory! All right. Woo. Yeah, we Does this Johnny Drama have a schlong tie-in? I don't think he's got any. I should have. I guess I could have found a, like a junk-related one. <laughs> I think you are trouble. You have no idea. Thomas Ian Griffith is kind of a fun kung fu hero, but he's never been better than when he's a villain in a bad movie. 
He turned Machio to the dark side in Karate Kid 3. He traded blows with Kevin Sorbo and Cole the Conqueror. And he was the only cool thing at all in John Carpenter's Vampire. Despite some pretty clumsy banter with uh, James Woods. He's apparently in Time Cop 2. There's now, a Time I Cop 2? I didn't realize there yeah, right. was a Time Cop 2. <laughs> I but, didn't know that. And I didn't realize that you could make a movie and not get Van Damme. But apparently, yeah, both for real, these he he would turn true. that down. He's too busy making what? <laughs> yeah, exactly? really, Legionnaire Four. I don't understand it. Van Damme is like, are the two of me in the movie? No. Well, never <laughs> yeah. mind. I don't I'm know what it is about Van Damme. Five of me. How many movies has he made where there's like two of them for no reason? Maybe just two. <laughs> that's too too many Van Damme. Can hardly stand one of you in a movie. But Thomas Ian Griffith has a sensitive side, too. He's appeared in Beyond the Prairie, the true story of Laura Ingalls Wilder. And he had an extended stint on One Tree Hill, where he portrayed the father of troubled cheerleader turned tortured artist Peyton. And then they replaced him in the same role with the guy from Earth Final Conflict, which is one of the reasons I stopped watching that show. But no pecker, huh? Yeah, I don't know that he's got any pecker shots. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I'm looking at his picture now on uh, IMDb. I don't recognize this guy. You gotta know him from Karate Kid Three. I don't know if I've seen Karate Kid Three. <laughs> Come on! Now the real pain begins, Danny boy. Karate Kid Three is one of my favorite stupid sequels of all time. He wrote some stuff that, and the names are really cool. Yeah, Black he, Point. You don't, excessive you don't remember force. That guy? He, he was also. He also had Knight a, of the Warrior. I mean, a supporting a role in Cagney and Lacey. But come on. In, in Karate Kid 3, the guy, the main Cobra Kai dude from the first film comes back. And after having been defeated by Mr. Miyagi in the tournament, he's like apparently his dojo has shut down and he's lost all his money and he's on the outs. But apparently he's got like this old Vietnam War buddy, Thomas Ian Griffith, who's a bajillionaire. And this guy apparently funds the entire Cobra Kai movement. Miyagi and that punk kid, I'm going to get them for what they did to you. They made you suffer. So I'm going to make them suffer and suffer and suffer. And when I think they've suffered enough, then I start with the pain. Look, Terry, you don't have to do that. Don't have to. I want to. It's not over. We're Cobra Kai. Come on, say it. Cobra Kai. Say it. Cobra Kai. Never dies. Oh, wait a minute. I think I got the wrong guy. Who are you thinking of? I was thinking of the lead Cobra Kai guy. The guy oh, that's Martin. That is Martin Cove. Now, that guy's also an awesome Johnny drama. Okay. That guy's been in a bunch of cool stuff. You know the guy in um American Pie that's dating Tara Reed or whatever? His name is Thomas Ian Nicholas. Isn't that interesting? There's two Thomas Ians. I don't think you guys are giving... The, our our <laughs> resident Johnny Drama his props this time around. I'm sorry, man. I'm just not familiar. You've never with him. seen Cole the Conqueror? I don't think so. I did see Vampires. <laughs> I saw that. Well, he's actually in a movie that had James Woods in it. Like Thomas Ian Griffith is the coolest thing. Like he's a cool vampire in that movie. Well, okay. I'm but just everybody saying, else but, in know, that movie is crap. Don't don't be dogging this because we're not getting you know all fired up about your Johnny Drama because we've given this whole episode to you and your schlong fixation. It's not yeah, about me, it. it's about the Johnny dramas. I can't help it, I've never heard of the unexpected Mrs. Polifax, which he was also in. 
vision of murder, the story of Danielle. I <laughs> have not seen that. half of his things, but on IMDb, they all sound awesome. I like this one, the Sea Wolf, aka the Pirate's Curse. <laughs> Man, I may he might be the new Dolph. I may just start just Netflixing all of his movies. Good luck with some of these. Man, Blood of the Innocent, <laughs> aka AK forty seven, aka. Anoil Schmierzi or something in Poland, a.k.a. Beyond Forgiveness. That movie's got like five titles. I think Beyond <laughs> Forgiveness is the English translation of Anoil Schmierzi. Perhaps. <laughs> I, if I know my Polish. Well, you're you're a learned man, sir. Time Cop The Berlin Decision, that's what it's yeah, called. A, AKA, AKA Time, Time Cop, Cop 2. 2. The Berlin Decision? <laughs> yeah. As with oh. all Johnny dramas, there are a lot of AKAs in the movie titles. Oh, he's in Triple X. He's in Triple X. You should have said that. That's a big movie people know. Yeah, but I don't like that movie, and I don't remember him being well, oh, in Oh, but it. You, you like Time Cop 2? I haven't seen that <laughs> one. He's Agent Jim McGrath. Jim, Jim McGrath. Jack Blaylock. That's a, good, that's a good movie name. Agent Jim McGrath. Well, congratulations to you, Thomas Ian Griffiths. He has a very cool name. It sounds like a stately actor. He it sounds is like cool, a, too, in movies. I like to see movies with Thomas Ian Griffith in them. He studied Taekwondo since childhood. He also has a black belt in Kenpo Karate. He's also the leader of the Cobra Kai. <laughs> Make his knuckles bleed. <laughs> all right. Well, congratulations. This goes out to you. As with all Johnny dramas, this is really, this is meant as an honor. We, we say this because we admire people and we don't feel they get enough You're credit. You're a survivor, man. That's, all, that's what it's all about. I love people that, that are out there in the, in the movies, and they're almost always fun, and they're just doing their thing, man. Yeah, they're working, they're and they're working consistently, and God knows how many people would love to be in their shoes. Yeah, you So this is not a slight at all. This is something that we, God knows how I would love to be in your shoes, for real. <laughs> to be, I'd be happy if I were in any of these shows. Maybe it bears explanation, but uh, we say it all the time like it's nothing. But the, the the name of the Johnny Drama Award comes from Entourage. It's Johnny Drama is Kevin Dillon's character in in Entourage, and that he's that totally like B movie guy. He was used to be in a TV show called Viking Quest at one season, but it's That's sort of a cool name. Hit. And he was did a few episodes of Pacific Blue and. You know, like has been in all these movies that you may or may not have recognized him in, you know, that kind of stuff. And I think there are a lot of real life Johnny dramas out there. Most of our Johnny dramas are actually more successful than the actual Johnny drama in the show. Yeah, yeah. Been most in of these like guys star in movies as the like you're on the box cover, the star of the movie. Yeah. That's that's not that's not nothing at all. That's that's big time. It's a lot bigger than we'll ever be. So that's the truth you, of it. We we give you congratulations, sir. I wish we could have a a like a flyer, not a flyer, like a certificate made that we can mail to these people. That's a what? I'm the what? <laughs> a winner of what? From who? All right, we should do that because go I, ahead and frame this up. Put it up there with Miami. We should do that because I bet some of these with guys daytime, would love it and and might want to be on the show. I think that. Yeah, I'm sure. I bet they <laughs> I would. That'll, well, I don't we'll know see. if they'd they'd want to be on the show. I'd do it if I thought someone would get that and and actually and actually think, oh wow, guys dig me, you know, if they like my work. But I wouldn't. I would be afraid that I would send something and they'd be like, what is this? Like what I'm yeah. some, like some nobody? I'm some B movie. Uh, yeah, person? I'm gonna forward this straight to my lawyer. He'll talk to you. 
I'll send this to HBO's lawyer. We'll put an end to this Johnny drama business. <laughs> you probably would get a few like that, but you get a lot that probably, you know, like I said, but there's a lot of working actors who just appreciate whatever recognition they get. Here's a game for you guys to try. Pick a Johnny drama like this guy and just read the character names. They're actually pretty cool. Here's a, like Roger Totlin, Jack Blaylock, Frank Wacharski, Max Parrish, General Talagaro. I love these names. Neil Meekin, Harry Withers, Doug Brister. (laughs) (laughs) Gus Travis. I'll tell you right now if you're ever going to go on the run. You know who people are always trying to wrestle me for the the Lobo McBadass moniker. I guess I just got some feedback from someone today that decided if they go on the run, they'll call themselves Lobo McBadass. I got to get these things trademarked. Do it quick. It's but if you're going to go on the lam, all you got to do is go to IMDb and look up any Johnny drama yeah, for and just real. use all those. I'm going to be Doug Brister. Cornelius <laughs> Loudermilk. <laughs> oh, man. That's in the that's in the Laura Ingalls Wilder one. He's Cornelius awesome. Loudermilk. <laughs> that is great. All See, right. God bless him. Where would we be without the Johnny dramas? I know, man. That They, they make life worth living. Uh, email is feedback at tv8mydinner.com. You can also check us out at tv8mydinner.com. Coincidentally, we have all our episodes there, all the way back to number one. Uh, check out darkcrazy.com. That's Sean's site, our sister's site, mother's site, father's site, whatever. Check out gregstarks.com. Learn a little bit more about how you can become a member of the Stark Army. You can become a scuttlebutt. No junk. There is no junk on gregstarks.com. Chicks only. All-girl army of kung fu killers, just like Dolomite. (laughs) Check out bellswake.com. I promise there's plenty of junk on there, if that's what you're into. Nothing but. Nothing but just swingling. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's about it. Well, youtube.com slash TV. That's our YouTube channel. We've got some sketches on there, so you can see what we look like. Definitely no junk. And uh, no junk, but <laughs> may, maybe one day. And uh, until later, next week we're going to do time travel, so, you know, strap in yourself into the DeLorean or whatever. Strap your junk. Yeah, we'll, we'll, see you we'll then. be back on track. <laughs> Into the TARDIS. There's so many different time. I don't even know. We'll get there. <laughs> I know. You're, you're, whatever your chosen nerd conveyance is. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's two My, kinds of time traveling phone booths already in the in the current zeitgeist. All right. My name's Brooks. I'm Sean. I'm Greg. And we'll see you later. And stuff. <laughs> junk. And junk. <laughs> That's one thing I did like about Enterprise is they had uniforms that looked sort of like they were some kind of thing, not like a costume. In the, even in the Next Generation movies later on, they came up with kind of a neat outfit that was more like a uniform, and those were pretty cool. I like the ones that have like a jacket and you take off, and then you got a little vest, and then you take that off, and then you got like a little long sleeve shirt. Like the various degrees of of captainly disrobing for action effect. <laughs> yeah, like in, in the second next generation movie that's picard is just like he takes off a piece of clothes like every every 20 minutes just to show off the yeah. new costumes and like the the t-shirt on the bottom actually has a a, a rip already in the shirt <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. they just put like a like a striping across so it's yeah. like come on just make it mesh because you know they're just gonna take it out and rip it i used to watch <laughs> it in the first star trek 
whenever there was a, like some kind of outbreak going on and McCoy had to go inoculate someone, he'd just go up to Kirk and just rip the shirt all the way down the sleeve. He's like, there's no point. There's no point. It's like the end of the episode. What are you doing, man? This is my last good shirt. You're going to have to go back to Space Dock now. 